Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, tonight we are a little bit in a funny starting place. Uh, we are about two-thirds of the way down on Daf Mem Amud Aleph. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of ground and learn a sugya uh, relating to the world of Maseches Shvis, a, a little bit of a continuation of what we learned yesterday. Um, and then we're going to learn a sugya that's entirely about Shvis, having nothing to do with sukkah at all. And then we'll wrap up on the top of Mem Aleph Amud Beis at the Mishnah. And then uh, tomorrow night, Amir Tzashem, we'll go from the top of Mem Aleph Amud Beis to the end of the parak. Uh, plus that mission, we'll do a little bit more. So we'll be at the bottom of Mem Beis. And then uh, we'll be ready for Thursday. And there will be no in-person learning on on Wednesday. That is going to be our schedule. So let's get started. We're two-thirds of the way down. We're starting with the words on Mem Amadalaf, two-thirds of the way down, Mem Amadalaf, starting with the words of Eitzim Lahasaka. What we had been discussing yesterday was a Shaila that did relate to the world of Sukkah. And the Shaila that we had asked was whether or not a Lulav would be begeder peiros Would a lulav have the halachic status of that which was grown during a shvi'is year? And had it been the case uh, that it was, so then it would have its own set of halachos, its own requirements to be consumed within that year to make sure that it was used in an appropriate way, the chule. So we had concluded yesterday with uh, what we are now going to learn was an assumption and not necessarily a, a slam dunk, which is that Eitzim are not shayach to the world of Perushvius. The reason why they're not shayach to the uh, world of Perushvius is because they fail the litmus test. The litmus test of something being shayach to the world of Shvius is that it's hana'aso ubi'uro have to be ke'echad, has to happen at the same time. That as you are benefiting from it, you are also at the same moment degrading that item. So Ledugma, when the Pasuk says, if I'm eating Perus if I'm eating an apple that's a, that's from the from a Shemitah year, so my Achila, at the same time that I'm getting Hanoa Be'achila, I'm also consuming that product. So the Hanoa and the Biur is simultaneous. And yesterday we said that typically speaking, we assume, although there are exceptions, but we assume that wood um, is Hanoa's and Ubi'uran are not Shavit. They don't happen at the same time because when you use wood, Lahasaka, when you use it for firewood, you're burning it. That's the Biur. But the actual Hana is not the burning of the fire. It's when that wood turns to embers, which is at a later point. So wood, Eitzim Lahasaka, fails the litmus test. So says the Gemara here that it's that is true that it fails the litmus test, but it's a little bit more um, convoluted than that. And the Gemara says as follows, When it comes to the discussion about whether or not etzim are lahasaka, if etzim are as a standing assumption, if they are similar to wood that's being used for fire, that's a machlokas in the Tanoi. The Tanya, the Brisa writes, One is not allowed to utilize fruits of shviz, a fruit that existed during a Shemitah year, you're not allowed to use it to soak things in, and you're not allowed to use it to launder things. Now, typically speaking, we launder things in which wine was dipped. We don't launder with wine. But here we're talking about flax, as Rashi and the other Rishonim point out, um, and this was considered the normal way to treat them, to soak them in flax and or to launder them accordingly. So this is the sheet of the Tanakama, that you are not allowed to use perushvias. In this case, we're just going to speak about wine from a Shemitah year. You're not allowed to use it below the Mishra, below the Kfusa. Rabbi Yossi Omer, in contrast, he says, Moserin, you are allowed he has a more expanded version of what is allowed. This is a serious shaila. Are we allowed to use in a Shemitah year? Are we allowed to use wine um, 
that is peirus shviz for secondary purposes, not for achila, not to feed guests, but to soak flax or some other secondary purpose. So that's the machlokas here in the Tanrai. Asks the Gemara three quarters of the way down, my time of the Tanakama. What is the reason why the Tanakama was strict? Why did he say that you're only that you're not allowed to use it in the Mishra Vilakusa? You're not allowed to soak flax in wine from a year, uh, for where the wine is from a year of, of Shemitah. So he answers the Gemara to support the sheet of the Tanakama, the Amakra, La Achla. We're familiar with the Pasuk. The Pasuk reads, Faisa Shabbos Arz Lachem La Ochla. So what does the, per, the word La Ochla mean? It means to eat. Really, it means to eat or to consume. So what then is it excluding, says the Gemara? Below the Mishra, below the Kfusa, the Tanakama says it's Mafura Shadrasha, that you're not allowed to soak flax in Yayin Shel Shviz, because uh, if you have wine from a Shemitah year that you're using to, uh, to soften flax or to clean flax, that's a violation, that's a formal drush and chumash, and that's not allowed. So if that's the case, then my time of the Rabbi Yossi, how then could Rabbi Yossi be so lenient? So Rabbi Yossi said, that's very nice that you gave a drush on the words la'ochla, but there's another word in the Pasuk that precedes la'ochla, which is lochem. That's what the Pasuk reads, lochem la'ochla. So Amar, uh, 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 my time of the Rabbi Yossi, he says, Amar kra, lochem. He says, because I have another part of the drasha that I learned that you are allowed to do this, even if it were to be that way. So both of them have their teeth in a very reasonable drasha. The achla seems to be an exclusionary term, and lachem seems to be an inclusionary term, and each of them learns it in their own way. So now the Gemara is going to cross-examine. Why is it that the Tanakama didn't use the drasha of uh, Ribiosi and vice versa. So says the Gemara, 12 lines from the bottom, the Tanakama had said, the reason why we don't allow flax to be soaked in wine from a year of Shviz is because the Pasuk uh, was uh, very strict when it said La'achla. But why doesn't he look at the Pasuk when it says Lachem the same way that Ribiosi did? It says the Gemara, the Tanakama, Lachem. What are you going to do about Lachem? Ribiosi learned that lachem is a more expansive drasha, and therefore maybe we should include allowing that flax should be able to be soaked or cleaned in wine from a from a shemitah year. So how does the Tanakama get out of this? As the Gemara, hahu lachem This is talking about uh, the word lachem teaches us that it has to be similar to ochel as it relates to shviz. How do we um, how do we identify what the litmus test is for shviz, the one that we started speaking about a couple of minutes ago? So it says the Gemara, Mishana Asubiro Shavet. When we see that something has its hana, its benefit and its destruction, its consumption are simultaneous, when they're Shavet, then that's something that's eligible to be a part of the world of Shviz. However, Yatsu Mishra Ukusa Shanaasan Achar Biura. But here the Hana and the Biur are not at the same time. You have the hana after the beer. The beer is when you put the flax inside the wine. Putting the flax in the wine will ruin the wine slowly but surely. So that's the beer. But the hana is not when the flax is in the wine. It's when the flax is then usable under other circumstances. And therefore, the hana and the beer are not shave. And therefore, it's not a violation. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not included in the camp of Peir Shel So that's how. Uh, that's how the Tanakama would look at uh, at the pasuk of Lachem that Rabbi Yossi used Lakula. And what does Rabbi Yossi use 
la'achla for? The Rabbi Yossi haksiv la'achla. How does Rabbi Yossi look at the pasuk of la'achla that his counterpart used lechumra to say that you're not allowed to soak flax in in one of these uh, in one of these liquids that are perushviz? So the answer is the Gemara, seven lines from the bottom. Hahu that drasha of la'achla is meant to exclude something. Rabbi Yossi agrees that la'achla that you're supposed to eat it, you're supposed to consume it. Rabbi Yossi agrees it's to exclude. But he holds it's not to exclude the Mishra and the Kavusa of soaking flax in wine or cleaning it. Why? Six lines from the bottom. Hahu, What does it mean uh, when it says la'achla? Velo limelugma. It cannot be used for melugma. Take a look at the last Rashi on the page. The last Rashi on the page says, what's limelugma? Rashi says, lirafua. In other words, yeah, you're allowed to drink um, wine, uh, stam, during shvi'is, if it's shmita, no problem. But you're not allowed to make some concoction out of it that is considered to be uh, a medical drug. That's not allowed. You're not allowed to use it that way. Kiditanya is the brysa rights. And this brysa supports Rabiosi's understanding that the word la'ochla is not to be viewed strictly the way that the Tanakhama did to exclude Mishra and Krusa, to not allow for the soaking of flax inside perushviz, uh, but rather it's to exclude something else, which is for peros uh, shviz to be used for health purposes. The Brisa writes, Oh, so says the Gemara, let's analyze this. You want to say that the drasha of la'ochla is to exclude that which is to be used for refuah, says the Gemara, maybe we should do what uh, what the Tanakhama did and say that la'ochla is to exclude kvusa. The answer is the Gemara, Kshay Omer, Lachem, once we have the extra word of Lachem, Hare Lekvusa, Amr, that's meant to, uh, that's meant to include Lekvusa. Amani Mekayim Laachla, what then does the word Laachla mean? It must therefore mean Laachla, Velo Lemelugma. So says the Gemara, hang on one second. And this is something that uh, I personally think about a lot. I know one of my Rabbeim used to speak about this regularly, Rav David Miller used to say this a lot. Sometimes it's very hard to get into the thinking of the Chachamim when they make drushas. But here, the curtain is peeled back a little bit. Take a look at this question on the second to last line on Mem Amaralif. How do you know, asks the Gemara, this is within a brysa, how do you know what to include and what to exclude? We have the word la'achla, which is an exclusionary term. We have the word lachem, which is an inclusionary term. How do we know which one to exclude and which one to include? How do you know, Rabbi Yossi, to include um, doing laundry, to soak uh, flax and wine, and and to exclude the usage of for things that have healing uh, properties? That's not allowed. How do, how do you make the distinction? So as we turn to the top of Mem Amid Beis, the Gemara answers this question. And the Gemara says, So he says, is like this. When it comes to kvusa, everyone has to do laundry every once in a while. It has to be. No, nothing stays clean forever. However, malugma, that's not necessarily adam. It's shayach to people at a certain time that they need some medication, but it's not every day necessarily. So therefore, says the Gemara, asvara that even though many drashos don't have svaras behind them, here we were given a little bit of an insight. And uh, Lamaisa, the conclusion of the Gemara is that um, we include the case of kavusa to be mutter because it's more common. And we exclude melolugmav because it is, not melolugmav, excuse me, we ex- exclude melugma, uh, which is to use the perishvis for um, 
for healing properties, that's not allowed. So it says the Gemara, that's his Svarah. Who between these two authors, who is the opinion that says uh, in the following Brisa, the Tanur Rabbanan, that La'achla is to exclude and then the Brisa continues, La'achla is also supposed to exclude the usage of Perushvis for Ziluf. We've learned about this previously, where because people's homes were made out of dirt or sand, they used to sometimes sprinkle a liquid on, their, on the ground in order to keep the dust at bay in their homes. And they'd often use wine and just kind of stick their fingers in the wine and kind of sprinkle it and just loosely spread out. They'd use wine because it was very sweet and it smelled good. And that's a, what's, what Ziluf is. So the Achla below the Ziluf, four lines down on Memamut Beis, means that one cannot use Perushvis in order to sprinkle wine on the ground to keep the dirt at bay. And the Achla below Lasos Mimenu and one is also not allowed to use Perushvis to make what's called Apiktivizin, which is um, to make some type of, of medication that helps a person to vomit. Uh, we have these medications as well. Uh, this is actually quite similar. I mentioned this last time we saw this Gemara. There's a medication, modern day medication called Ipecac, which helps a person to vomit. So that's quite similar. I Ipecat, it's almost identical. So anyways, that's also not allowed to be used. But this Brisa is confusing because we saw that this Brisa used the word La'achla to exclude three categories. One, we are familiar with, and two, we are not familiar with. Yes, it came to exclude medications. It came to exclude for Ziluf, for keeping uh, the, the dirt down on the ground. And it also came to exclude uh, the medications that help a person throw up. So who then is the author of this? Because it doesn't match either Shita. Because two of these we're only seeing now for the first time as exclusions to la'achla, namely as exclusions to that which can be consumed during the year of Shvi's. Keman, five lines down, says the Gemara, must be Kirabiosi. The Rabbanon, had it been that it was the Rabbanon, then there should have been a couple of other things inside this Brisa. Ha'ikanami Mishrab Ukusa. We know from the Brisa that we saw at the bottom of the previous Amud, the Brisa on Mem we know that they excluded Mishran Kusa. And if we are to assume that this Brisa on the top of the page, which speaks about Malugba, Ziluf, and Apiktivizin, if that is meant to be an exhaustive list and be a replication of the Sheet of the Rabbanon, it should have included what they said on the previous Amud, which was Mishran Kusa, but it does not. So therefore, we assume that it's like Rabiosi. Six lines down, Amar Rebelazar, we're now starting a brand new sugya within the world of Shvius. It has nothing to do with Masecha Sukkah, and it will take us to the next Mishnah. And then in the next Mishnah, we'll have an easier sugya until uh, the end of the Mishnah, uh, the end of that whole Gemara Mishnah section to the top, and we'll conclude there. But right now, we're starting a new sugya about the following. Let's say that I have an item here that, uh, let's say that this is my item. And what I want to do with this item, this is Perish Shvius. And I want to transfer the Kedusha of the Perishvius over here to something else, another item in the room. So I take the Perishvius, and uh, how, how do I transfer the Kedusha? Do I have to think about it? Do I have to say something? Is there a fiscal transaction? So this is a machlokas in the Amorim. This is, was not discussed in the Tanaim, apparently. It was discussed in the early Amorim. So it says the Gemara as follows. We're about six, seven lines down on Mamamud base. Rabbi Elazar is of the strict opinion that the only way that the Kedusha of Shviz transfers from one place to another is through a fiscal transaction. It's not through brain power. It's not through thinking. It's not through pointing. It's not through kinyanim of non-fiscal matters. It has to be done derech mekach, and we'll see why that's the case shortly. That's Shita number one. His counterpart, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, I disagree. 
while of course I do agree that that works, I'm more expansive than you are, Rebbe Lazar. Rabbi Yochanan says, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, ben derech mekach, ben derech whether or not you have a fiscal transaction, it can even be derech chilol just on your own. I'm now transferring over the Kedusha of the Shviz onto the coins, and then the coins now have the Kedusha of Shviz. It's very simple, and it doesn't require a financial transaction. So asks the Gemara, let's try to learn what the underbelly of each of these Baalei Shittas, whatever they're holding, and why they are holding what they're holding, 10 lines down. My time with the Rebbe Lazar. Why was Rebbe Lazar so narrow when, it, when we were discussing, discussing transferring the, the Kedusha status of Shviz to another item? So it says the Gemara, my time with Rebbe Lazar. We know that, of course, Yovel is... This is technically not Yovel, but it's a reference to the sugya of Yovel and Shemitah at large. So that Pasuk is one as one part of the Drasha. The Samichle, and there's another Pasuk that's close by that says, V'chisim kirumim kar. And this uh, Shita of Rabbi Lazar is what we call, this is really the subtext of what's happening, is he is Dorshin Smuchen. He makes a Drasha from two Pesukim that are found next to one another. Afalpi that... There's nothing necessarily explicit in the Torah that connects the two, but because the two things are close to one another, they're dorsh and smuch, and they can make such a drasha, and that is the drasha that Rebbe Lazar makes. And he says, because we see these two things together, because is right next to Bishnas Hayovel, it must be that when you're trying to transfer the Kedusha of Shemitah, it must be in the same way that it has to be. So he's very narrow, and he says the only way the Kedusha transfers is with a fiscal transaction. Masha Einkain, Rabbi Yochanan says, my time, well, what's the reason why he says that we can be more expansive, that we can do a regular chilul of transfer of Kedusha from one item to the next? Why is he so lenient? Because the Pasuk writes, Ki Yovel hi Kodesh, and he makes the following drasha. Ma Kodesh, just like in general when it comes to food that have sanctity, let's talk about uh, Truma, let's talk about Meiser Sheni, those can be transferring their status with regular chilul. Now the sub text here, as I mentioned before, is he clearly doesn't hold of Dorsh and Smuchen. Otherwise, he would be stuck with the Pasuk of Echisim Karu. He is stuck with it in one way because the content seems to indicate that it's Mimkar, that it's uh, Mekachu Memkar. So we have to discuss that and we will momentarily. But that is the basic understanding of each Shita, is that according to Rabbi Lazar, the only way you can transfer Tumah of Shvi is to another item is with a fiscal transaction. And Rav Yochanan's more expansive and not only includes a fiscal transaction, but even allows for regular chilo to transfer the, transfer the Kedusha from Shviz to another item. Now the Gemara is going to do the cross-examining here as well, like we saw earlier, similar construct of Gemara. Shitas, reasons, cross-examination. So here's the cross-examination. The Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan, you are the one who said that we can be more expansive, that when we discuss the transferring of Kedush of Shviyas from itself to another item, that it can be both Derech Mekach and Derech Hilol, both with fiscal transactions and just with your intentions, like we have by Meister Sheni. So Rav Yochanan, what do you do with the Pasuk that was very convincing to uh, Rabbi Elazar. What do you do with that pasuk? So the Gemara gives a scary answer. One third of the way down, you need to know what type of profession you're in and what the risk and reward is. And dealing with something like Shviz has a lot of risk in it, which is what we refer to here in the Gemara as Avka Shel Ribis. It says the Gemara, come and see. You need to see how difficult just the dust 
just the small remnants of shvius actually are. Adam no sevenosin beper shvius. A person may well have a profession, or every seven years they take upon themselves to be that guy, and they're all of a sudden selling perishvius right and left. They're the ones to go to. But maybe they're not being so careful. And Lasov, they're going to get a consequence of mocheres metal to love as Caleb. They're going to get a slap on the wrist. We know that those who are mishamer shmita are promised ashirus, and those who violated are going to be getting anius. Shenem Rabishnas Hayovel Hazos during this year, Tashuwi Shalachuzaso. And here as well, we see the smicha of, of two psukim. You're going to be forced to sell your items to other people. So what is all of this talking about? Let's look at a few Rashis in a row that will paint this whole picture for us. Rashi is found um, a, a little bit more than halfway down, actually maybe exactly halfway down, a little bit more maybe. So first Rashi picks up on the language. Kari uh, avak. Uh, when we are dealing with something that isn't the primary iser, but rather is a secondary, maybe even tertiary iser, it's really not primary at all. But you're still dealing with it. We refer to that as avak v'chein avak ribis v'chein avak lashon hara. These are phrases that we're probably familiar with. So here too, she'en lashon hara gamor elatzad lashon hara. Let's say you work in a, in a wheat factory and you're grinding up wheat. There's going to be particles in the air that are floating and it sticks to your clothes and you go home and you, you smell like whatever the room smells. It's, it's the avak. It's the avak. It's the dust of. Next, Rashi, you're not allowed to do schora, but really, that's not the, that's not the fundamental iser of shviz. The fundamental iser of shviz, uh, he says, Rashi says, the iker iser shviz, you can't plant and you can't prune. And when it comes to schora, of taking the money from um, from the benefits, the, the payros, the financials, uh, not that I don't want to use the word payros, using the money that you made by selling Shemitah, so then that's very, very dangerous, and you'll get a consequence. So anyways, going back into the Gemara, we're halfway down. That's how, that is how the sheet of Reb Yochanan uses the Pasuk of Chisim Kiru. He quotes the Brisa and says that it's referring to the consequence of those who are involved in Av Kashel Shviz. Anyways, Rabbi Lazar, halfway down, what does he say? Mem Amabez. Hi, Krod Rabbi Yochanan, my Avile. Rabbi Yochanan was of the opinion that uh, we learned from the Pasuk of uh, Bishnas No, not that one. He says the Pasuk of Kodesh. He says, Ki Yovel Hi Kodesh. And he said, just like in general, when we have a food that's Kodesh, we can transfer ownership to Arachilu. So too, we can do the same with Shvi. So how does, how does Rebbe Lazar deal with that? Rebbe Lazar, Hai Krader of Yechanan Ma'avile. What does he do with it? So answers the Gemar, Mi Boile Lechidetanya. He needs it for the following Brisa. Ki Yovel Hi Kodesh. Ma Kodesh Tofei says Damav, just like something that's Kodesh can will maintain can maintain its kedusha. Av Shvis Tofeses es So too Shvis will hold on to its uh, halachic value and will still have kedusha. Now we're going to see brises Tanya Kavase de Rabbi Lazar, the Tanya Kavase de Rabbi Yochanan. We're now going to see a brisa that supports Rabbi Lazar and a brisa that supports uh, Rabbi Yochanan. Now remember what we're looking for. Rabbi Lazar was of the opinion that when it comes to Shvis. He was of the opinion that the only way to transfer the Kedusha of Shvi'is is Derech Memkar with the financial transaction. And Rav Yochanan was of the opinion that even Derech the regular way of transferring ownership just by appointment, that that was sufficient. So let's see Bryce says in both directions. Tanya Kavase, excuse me, Tanya Kavase, the Rav Lazar, 
Tanya Kava said the Rabbi Yochanan. Tanya Kava said the Rabbi Elazar. Shviz tofeses estameha, shene emar, ki yovelhi, kodesh ti elachem. He says that we know that the halachic status of shviz remains in the fruit because the Pasik says, ki yovelhi, kodesh ti elachem, that it's going to be considered kodesh. Ma kodesh tofes es dama ve'aser, and the word ve'aser is not included by most, ma tofes es dama, af shviz tofeses estameha ve'asura. But the Gemara says that's problematic. Ima kodesh, when it comes to general foods that have Kedusha and their transfer of Kedusha to another item occurs, then then they themselves are no longer holy. So let's say that I had Meiser Shani, I had food and I wanted to transfer it back onto a coin. So if I do that, then the coin has sanctity. But the initial item no longer does. But then maybe I would have thought, maybe I should have thought that Shviz too, that if I have Peru Shviz, that have a Dindar, they grew during Shmita Mamish. No Shaila, they're, definite they're definitely Shviz. So what would happen, if I transfer the Kedusha from Shviz? Does it lose its Kedusha? So says the Gemara, maybe I would have thought that if I transfer the Kedusha of Shviz to another item, so then maybe I should assume that there's no more Kedusha in the Peru Shal Shviz, says the Gemara, uh, here's where the Pasuk comes in, the Kedusha remains. Now, we don't yet see exactly how this works out according to uh, Rebbe Lazar. Um, yeah, according to Rebbe Lazar. So we're still looking. The Brisa continues. Let's discuss how all of this would play out. Let's say that I take a, a barrel, a bushel of, um, of apples. I don't know if, don't know if that's the right phrase, but let's say I take 100 apples and I want to buy a, a beautiful 16-ounce uh, T-bone steak. That's my trade. So I take the, 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 the pear shviz, which have the dindo rice of shviz, and I buy basar with them. So what then do I do with the basar? So says the Gemara, both the Peros and the Shviz, both of them, if I make that transfer um, of taking the Kedusha of Shviz, of uh, Peros, and I buy a piece of meat with them, so says the Gemara and the Brisa that both of them have the halachic status of Shemitah, and both of them must be consumed within that year. Now, stage two, Lakach Bebasar, Dagim. Let's say that that want that that uh, meat that I purchased with the fruits. So the fruits are the actual shviz. The basar is the second level, and we said that the basar and the meat are all going to be considered shviz. Let's say that I took the basar and I then purchased fish with that basar. So then what happens? So then the halacha is yatsa basar. The halacha is that um, the halachic status of the basar went from shviz to non-shviz, and and the fish now became shviz. Now we're two generations out. You started out with shviz proper, the apples, and you bought meat. You took the meat, and then you bought fish. So now that you bought the fish, the meat is no longer kadosh because it wasn't actually ever perus shviz, but the initial perus shviz will never lose their status. And the story continues. Let's say, you take the, the, the fish that you bought, with the meat that you bought from the peros, and then you bought uh, wine with them, and then what's the halacha? Yatsu dagim. Then the halachic status of shviz is no longer applicable to the fish. And now the dindo rice of shviz applies even to the yain. Now we're, we're, we're three moves out. Next, let's say that you take the wine 
from which you had purchased, you bought it from fish that you got from, it's like, it sounds like Chad Gadja after a while. And you bought wine with it and you bought Shemin with it. So then the halacha continues. The Kedusha can travel even this far. How do we understand all of this? Whatever is the last in the chain, seemingly endlessly, if the beginning of that chain, if that first domino was Perishvius. So then the Perishvius all the way over here, will always remain with its Kedusha, never to go anywhere. And everything in between that you buy and sell, whatever is last in the line will always have the Kedusha. Everything in between, they'll lose their Kedusha. It's the last and the first. They always maintain their Kedusha of Shviz. And after all of this lengthy diatribe that the Gemara is going through in the Brisa, the Gemara says, six lines from the bottom, because we see the language, we might have passed it by, but just look up over the last couple of lines. Lokach bepeiros, lokach baser bedagim, lokach this, lokach that. Because we use the language of lakicha so many times, which we know from throughout Shas, that the language of lakicha is a language of fiscal financial purchasing. So therefore says the Gemara, Now we see from here, at least subtly, if not, if not explicitly, but what do we see from here? We see that Lemaisa, the din of, uh, of trans Transferring the Kedush of Shvius requires a Lekicha. And that is why Rebbe Lazar, I shouldn't say that's why, but that's a, a text proof, a brysa, the Tanya Kabasid, the Rebbe Lazar. This brysa then supports the Shita of Rebbe Lazar that when we have a transfer of the Kedush of Shvius, it's done through Mekach and not through Chilu. What about the next brysa? Six lines, five lines from the bottom of Mem Bez, the brysa reads, Tanya Kabasid, the Rabbi Yochanan. What is the brysa that supports the sheet of Rav Yochanan? Remember that Rav Yochanan said that the Kedush of Shviz can transfer, granted, of course, with Mekach, with a financial transaction, but as well with Chilul, with regular intent to transfer uh, the Kedusha. You don't need anything special. So then says the Gemara, what's the brysa? Five lines from the bottom. Echad Shviz ve'echad Maiser Sheni, mischalalin al behem ha'chai ve'ov, ben chayin, ben shchut and divir If you have Shviz, or if you have Meister Shani, you can transfer the Kedusha on any of these animals, whether or not they're alive. That is the sheet of Rav Meir. The were of the opinion that when it comes to that which is shechted already, then we can say mischalal, that you can transfer shviz and maiser sheni onto an animal if it's already shachut, if it's already been shechted. Two lines from the bottom, al chayim. But when an animal is alive, we do not transfer the Kedusha. Why don't we transfer the Kedusha? So it says the Gemara, the reason we don't transfer the Gemara is two lines from the bottom is We're afraid that a person may say, hey, this is really a great animal, very, very healthy. We're going to use the animal for breeding. And the concern is that if it in fact has the status of halachic shviz, so as we've learned already today, that must be consumed within that year. And if you're not going to consume it within that year, that's very problematic. So the concern of the Chachamim was, okay, I understand the mechanics work. I got it. I understand that you can transfer in mechanics, you can transfer the Kedusha of Shviz and Meister Sheni to animals of all kinds. But we are concerned, say the Chachamim, that you should do so with a live animal because we're afraid that it may not check off all the boxes of making sure that you've completed and consumed that food within a year. So therefore, we don't do that. So these are the two brisas that support Rebbe Lazar and Rebbe Yochanan. 
from here, from where we stand right now, we have no way to paskin in this Gemara because everyone had a pasuk, everyone cr- passed uh, through the cross-examination and everybody has a brysa. So this Gemara structurally is very, very clean. It's a difficult Gemara and requires a lot of Rishonim. It's very hard to understand, I'm um, asking. Um, but um, but, the, but the, there's nothing that's super clear from the Gemara in regards to Psak. Each shita seems to have a lot to stand on. And then Rava comes along at the bottom of the page and tries to minimize the scope of the machlokas. Omar Rava, machlokas bezecharim aval benekevos diriakol al shchutin mischalalin al chayin ein mischalalin. He says, when do we have a machlokas in this brisa of Rav Meir and the Chachamim, this brisa that supports Rav Yochanan? The only time we have this machlokas is with males. We don't have the machlokas with animals that are females because there, because the animals are females, uh, that's the way things go. There's a mating season. They're going to have babies. And therefore, because they're having babies, that's profit to the owner. He doesn't want to consume the animals. So because that's the case, therefore, we don't want to transfer the Kedush of Shvi'is onto an animal that's chayin. So that's what he's saying here about the Nekevos when it comes to female animals. Why? Because of the concern we mentioned earlier of We're more concerned if the animal is a female upon which you transfer the Kedush of Shviyas than if it's a male. A female is much more direct and therefore we're more concerned. And therefore Rabbah says the Machlokas in this Brisa that was used as a Raya for Rabbi Yochanan between Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim. The only time the Machlokas really takes place is by Zacharim. But everyone agrees. Even uh, Rabbi Meir would agree that when it comes to when it comes to an animal that's a female, that we certainly don't transfer over the kedusha of Shviyas onto that animal. And Omar Ravashi, he as well tries to limit the machlokas in the b'risa between Rav Meir and the Chachamim. Omar Ravashi, machlokas b'pririshon. The only time there's really ever a machlokas is when we're talking about the initial fruit. Aval, b'prisheni divriakol, bein derech mekach, bein derech hilo. This is going back actually on the larger scope of the conversation of uh, our machlokas, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yochanan. Ravashi says that the only thing that they're arguing about in regards to when, whether or not we allow mekach, or if we also allow hilo, that's only true uh, by the initial fruits. Um, that's by B'pri Rishon on the fourth line of Mem Aleph and Aleph, Aval B'pri Sheni, Divri Akol, everyone agrees that if it's the second, let's say that you had your apples and you transferred it over, you transferred the Kedusha over to the Basar. Now, I was speaking about the Basar, which is the second level, it was the transferred to the recipient of the Kedusha, Aval B'pri Sheni, Divri Akol, from there, everything else can certainly be even according to Rebbe Lazar. Says the Gemara, what do we do about the textual proof that was being used in the Brisa to support Rebbe Lazar? The language was five times over in the Brisa. That seems very clear that you need that you need a financial transaction and that a conceptual would be unacceptable. So therefore, says the Gemara, what do we do with that? The Gemara says, that was just uh, poetic. That was a structural way to write the Brisa. It's just the way that uh, the way that it was structured, but it, it's not much to make a diuk from. The fact that it says multiple times is not a riot. 
says the Gemara, Tani, Eisvei Ravina, the Ravashi. Ravina is troubled by Ravashi's, uh, Ravashi's distinction. Remember what Ravashi said on line three. Ravashi said that the only time that Rebbe Lazar and the Chachamim argues by the first priva, by all subsequent peros, even Rebbe Lazar would agree that you can transfer the Kedush of Shvi is Bechilu. That's totally fine. What's the question that Ravina has? Uh, here's the following question. It says the Gemara as follows. Let's say that I have a coin that has the halachic status of shviz, and ubikesh likach bochaluk, and I want to buy a shirt. What do I do? How do I do that? That's really not an appropriate thing to do to, to do with uh, something that has the kedusha of shviz. We know that it's la'achila. Maybe you could use it the kavusa. Maybe okay, fine, whatever. There are some exceptions, but to go shopping—that's mamash the drush of l'schora. Totally inappropriate. So says the Gemara. Kate said, "Yasa, what should he do?" Ten lines down, memalafa menalaf. Says the Gemara, "Yelechet selchen Let's slow. You go to the owner of the makolet with whom you're very good friends, and ve'omer lo tamely besela peros ve'nosenlo. He says, "I want." To buy uh, with my coin, I want to buy peros, and he gives him the fruits. And then now the fruits have the kedusha, and says the Gemara, and then I'm uh, I'm the guy with the seller, and then I bought the fruits. I give them back to the store, and I said, just take the fruits, just take the fruits. They're all yours. And he says back to them, and then the owner of the store, all of this is a ha'arama, all of this is a loophole. And he gives back the initial coin. Here you go. This is the initial coin with which we started, but now it no longer has the kedusha of shvis on it. Now that this coin no longer has the Kedusha of Shvis on it, I can buy whatever I want with it. No problem at all. There's no limits on, on how to use the money, says the Gemara, but I don't understand. This whole story, this whole ruse that we've built between me and the store owner, that assumes for some reason that I need to have a financial transaction. But that was the whole point of Ravashi's distinction. Ravashi's distinction was that when it comes to the machlokes of Rabbi Yochanan, that that's only true with pre-rishon with the initial fruits that actually grew from the ground. But once you transfer the tuma to another item, once you transfer the kedusha, excuse me, to another item, so that new item. It doesn't need to have a fiscal transaction to transfer the tuma again. All you need is regular chilo. Yet what do we see in this story? I have to do this with the coin and the back and forth. That's a fiscal transaction. But if Ravashi's right, why couldn't it be done there chilo? Why did we need all of the transactions on the financial side? And the Gemara embraces this. So the Gemara says, you're absolutely right. We're one third of the way down. And the Gemara says, you're right. Elo Amar the other way, machlokes, machlokes bepri The only time Rebbe Lazar and Rebbe Yochanan have a machlokes is in regards to the second fruit. So the initial one grew from the ground. Let's call them apples. I transferred that kedusha onto sixth year apples and make them with the kedusha of shviz. That's where they have their machlokes on the second fruit of whether or not from there future transactions can be done derech mekach or if they can also be done derech chilu. Aval in But there, even Rabbi Yochanan, who was the mekel on the previous summit, he would not say that when it comes to the pre-rishon that we can re- remove, or not remove, but that we can transfer the status of the shviz from it to another item. Uh, that, that has to be done derech mekach. Even Rabbi Yochanan would agree. 
that we saw on the bottom that was supporting the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan, the language you'll see right there, five lines from the bottom, the language was there it says it's Shviz Mamish, it seems to be Shviz, says the Gemara, nope, it's not Shviz Mamish, my Shviz, it's the Shviz, it's the financial value of that you had transferred onto coins or some other type of construct, but it wasn't the initial actual shviz, says the Gemara, if you don't say this, then maiser, maiser mamish. That then would imply that five lines from the bottom of Memam Bez, when he says that line of echad shviz, echad maiser sheni, it seems to be that the maiser sheni, would it be actual maiser sheni? But we know that that's not true. We know that the money of maiser sheni was brought on a coin. That's what the Gemara says, that it has to be done on a coin. We know that the coin has to have a tzura on it. That's fitzarta. It has to have a tzura. So says the Gemara, it can't be that Maiser Sheni is Maiser Mamish. Therefore, Maiser, it must therefore be that it's the Maiser and Hachanami Tmeshvis that the Pasik is referring to Tmeshvis. And therefore, we accept this last distinction of Rabashi. The distinction that we are now accepting of Rabashi is that the Machlokas between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yochanan is a little narrower. It only applies in regards to secondary, tertiary, and all of the later transfers of Peros from the initial. But the initial Peros that grow from the Aretz. Leisman de Palik, even Rabbi Yochanan would agree that the only way to affect change of Kedusha from that item to another is through Mekach and not through Chilu. That brings us to a new Mishnah halfway down, Mem Aleph, Mem Aleph. Let's spend another 10 minutes or so and let's get to that next Mishnah. Berishona, initially, before the Chorban, Haya Lulav Nital Bemikdash Shiva, in the Beis Mikdash, the Lulav was taken all seven days, Medina Yom Echad, and it was only used one day outside. Um, of the Beis HaMikdash area outside of Yerushalayim. Mishachara Beis HaMikdash, but unfortunately in the era in which we live, once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Hiskin Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai she'ilulav nital b'medina shiva zeichel HaMikdash. This is so interesting. If you don't know this, this is a great piece of information. And the great piece of information is that um, the great piece of information is that when we do uh, the Lulav and Esrog now, the last six days is zeichel HaMikdash. It's not a dindo raisa and machora. It is it a dindar abanan? Maybe zecher the mikdash, but it's not your classical dindar abanan. This didn't exist in the times of the base of mikdash. Did anyone would take lulav and esrog outside of uh, outside of of the Yerushalayim, outside of the enclaves of that space? Didn't happen. And then the Mishnah adds in one more line. We'll just read it again. He's can Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakri and that as well, he was also misakin. Seemingly, we'll see that that's not so simple. What was he misakin? He was misakin that the Yom Hanef, the day that is represented represented in the phrase of Yom Hanifchem Akohen, a reference to the day that the Korban HaOmer was brought on Tezayin Nisan. So the Korban HaOmer was brought on Tezayin Nisan, which would be Matir Chadash, flower that was new, and make it into Yashan. In which case, it would then be edible. That was done on the sixteenth of Nisan before. Chatzos. So says the Gemara, with the Chorban in place, you couldn't eat any um, a- any flour that was from the previous season until after the full day of the 16th had transpired. And we're going to learn about this more. So says the Gemara, how do we know that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was right in making this day that was a ze- this, these last six days a Zecher Mikdash? How did we know that that was the case? Says the Gemara, three-fourths of the way down, third line, second line into the Gemara. And the Gemara says as follows, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, to Amar Kra, ki e'ele, 
aruka lach, when things are very long for you, when I'm going to be healing you, Hashem said, when they call you the ones that are pushed away, you're the ones from Tzion, there's no one who's going to take care of you. So it says the Gemara, what does Doresh Einla mean? There's no one who's going to take care of you. What does that imply? Michlal says the Gemara, that you need something, you need a little bit of a boost. So once the Chorban kicked in, unfortunately, we therefore then need to needed to add a little bit. And what we did is we added in that in the uh, in the Gvulin, outside of the Beis HaMikdash, that we would then, the Medina, that we would then have to take an extra six days of Lulav and Esra. Okay, says the Gemara, Yom Hanef. We see that the Gemara says that we are not allowed to, to eat any of that flour on that 16th day of Nisan, says the Gemara, my time up. Why, why? That, that's, not, that's not the way that... It, that is not the way that we would we would do these things. Uh, in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, we didn't have to wait the whole day. Uh, why was Rabbi, Why was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai so strict? Says the Gemara because Mir Tzashem Meheira Yibana Beis Hamikdash. That would be amazing. That it, that once the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, here's what Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was saying. Meheira Yibana Beis Hamikdash. I hope the Beis Hamikdash gets gets rebuilt very quickly. But what they'll say is Ishtakad Mizrach. In the past. Last year, namely in a year when they had the Beis HaMikdash, they were able to eat the flour earlier in the day because the Korban HaOmer was brought earlier in the day because they had a Beis HaMikdash. Maybe this year as well, we should also be able to eat when it's Heir HaMizrach, once the sun comes up. No, they would. They don't know. The Ishtaka de lo have a Beis HaMikdash, Heir Mizrach. Uh, if you would have said that the morning is sufficient and you didn't forbid the whole day, then you might make an error and assume that the morning was okay because it's morning. That's not correct. The morning was only okay in the times of the Beis HaMikdash when there was actually a Korban Omer that was brought. So that was his concern. Then the Gemara asked eight, nine lines from the bottom of Mem Aleph and Aleph. I don't understand your, your whole case over here of Yochanan ben Zakkai. The Ivne Emas, when was the Beis HaMikdash rebuilt? If you want to say that the Beis HaMikdash was built on the 16th, so then, then at that point, if it was built on the 16th, then the sun would have already risen. So then I don't understand how your Xera could have come up. What was your concern? If you want to say that it was built on the 15th, so then then at the latest on the 15th, on the 16th, at the latest, we should have allowed it after Chatzos, because in the times when there was a Beis HaMikdash, says the Gemara, the Hatznan, the Mishnah says, Harachokim, people who didn't live near Yerushalayim, and they didn't have a cell phone culture where they could send out a, a blast text message, a broadcast, the Korban Omer has been brought, so they didn't have any way to communicate that, but they assumed, Harachokim, Utar Mechatzos, Hayom Ulohalam, Lefish Ein Bezdin Mitzatzlenbo, so then, the Bezdin for absolutely would have brought the, the Korban Omer before Chatzos, but says the Gemara, I don't understand what was your scenario that was confusing Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. If it was on the 16th, you don't need your, your takan. If it was on the 15th, you don't need your takan. No, maybe the Beis HaMikdash would have been built at night on the 15th, or maybe Inami or it was built close to Shkiyasachama, which would also be very confusing. And that explains the timing as to why Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai needed to have this takan. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak Amar, Amar, he says, Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai b'shita sur Yehuda Amra. Really, Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai holds like the shita of Rav Yehuda. They, they did not live at the same time as we will see shortly, but they hold the same. 
Um, what does he say? That whole day of Yom Hanef is an Isser Do Raisa to eat. You're totally not allowed to do that. That's for sure not. As the Pasuk says, turning to the top of Namala from a base, that it says that on that day, that we are not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to eat that food on that day. The entire day. And here we're assuming that Ad is Ad Ad so therefore, the whole day should be Aser. So says the Gemara, but that's not the way that he was framed in our Mishnah. Does Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai really hold like Rabbi Huda? It seems to be that they argue. The Brisa here has uh, our, our, a quote of our Mishnah that's not. What does our Mishnah say? What's the key word here? Hiskin. Hiskin is Dinder Abanan. He made a Takana. Hiskin, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Sheyehe Yoma Nefkulo Aser. So then, Omar, we take out the word lo here, Rabbi Yudah could not have spoken to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. The history books don't work that way. Omar, Rabbi Yehuda, in theory, what would he have said? How can it be that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai would say it's Darabonon? It has to be Daraisa. So you wanted to say that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and Rabbi Yehuda agreed. They're totally different. Rabbi Yehuda says the day is a Dindar Raisa day. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says it's Dindar Abanan day, Yom Hanaf. It says the Gemara, really that's not correct. Rabbi Yehuda, Huda Katai. In this phrasing of Rabbi Yehuda, he made an error because he thought that really Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was only speaking in terms of that day being a Dindar Abanan, that the Yom Hanaf, the 16th of the... Um, month of Nisan was Asr. Belohi, that's not correct. Really, Rav Yochanan ben Zaka held that the Yom HaNef was a din doraisa, midoraisa ka'amar. Ay, how can that be? Look back at the Mishnah. It says that he made a takana. How can you say that that's the case? That it's a din doraisa. That, 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 that it's a din doraisa. Of course, it's not a din doraisa. After all, it says takana in the Mishnah. So the Gemara answers, my hiskin says the Gemara Dorash hiskin. Hiskin means that he made a drasha, and from the, the from the drasha he taught them the halacha. I'm asking my own question here. I didn't look this up. I don't understand that because it also says hiskin, the same language by um, by the last six days of the mikdash of the lulav and Esther. Don't understand. Either way, we're going to stop right here. Mir Hashem will pick up tomorrow in person at the Mishnah on the top of Memala from a base. Wishing you all a beautiful night.